going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chillin' in the State House. Everybody's favorite Kansas State Government and Politics podcast. I'm Andrew Ball, State House reporter at the Topeka Capital Journal. I'm joined by my comrade in arms, Jason Tidd. Jason, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. It's what, the like sixth day of Christmas now? Uh, On the sixth day of Christmas, chilling in the state house gave to me. A Kansas legislature podcast for the... That was good. We didn't plan that at all. Can anyone tell? Uh, so, uh, we're now in December and COVID has not gone away. Yeah, you know, eventually we're going to have a podcast where we don't talk about COVID, but that might not be for a while, so buckle up, folks. Today is not that day. Today is not that day. Um, well, probably the, the best place to start, I think, is that uh, between our last two podcasts, the people who do the COVID things at the Kansas Department of Health Environment have a new overlord is i guess one way to put that news uh there's a new kdhe secretary yes uh lee norman as was mentioned in the last podcast is no longer leading the kdhe he was unceremoniously forced out by the governor's administration yeah there's a lot there's a lot to unpack on this uh, on this part um the Kansas Reflector, our friends uh, uh, Sherman Smith and Tim Carpenter over at uh, the nonprofit Kansas Reflector, uh, obtained some emails, which we also have since obtained, that show, shall we say, some disagreements, perhaps, between Governor Laura Kelly's chief of staff and uh, the now-departed Secretary Norman. Uh, the, the disagreements were primarily over, you know, public messaging, how much information on the pandemic to share with the public and when. Uh, Lee Norman had a tendency to share information with the public that the governor's office wasn't ready to share yet. He was an oversharer. Who among us can't relate to having an oversharer in our lives? And former Secretary Norman, if you are listening, this is an open invitation to come on to the Chillin' in the State House <laughs> podcast. Yes, he's been doing the media rounds lately, but uh, our phone calls have not been returned. So if, maybe we just have the wrong number. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible. Um, but the, the KDHE has a new secretary. Her name is Janet Stanek. If I, I hope I am pronouncing that correctly. Uh, she also has an open invitation to come on the podcast if the really? governor's office will let her. Any anyone who listens to this podcast, if you operate if you, in a role of uh, decent importance, we can probably get you on uh, on the podcast. Um, we will have some guests coming up. I've long promised it, but uh, in the run up to session, we we do have some fun things planned. But back to uh, the new KDHE secretary. The the biggest difference to the average observer might be. That Lee Norman, other than looking like the KFC colonel, <laughs> uh, he was a medical doctor, while Miss Stanek is not. Uh, but she does have years, decades worth of relevant experience. Uh, much of her career was spent at Stormont Vale here in Topeka. Uh, I believe most recently a COO there. 
And she's more recently been in the governor's administration. I believe it was the retirement plan that she worked on. And this is, it's kind of an interesting time to have a change in leadership at KDHE. And and I should say, we're also uh, uh, trying to get a little bit better insight into why Secretary Norman left, trying to get a sense of interactions between his office and the governor's office in recent months. But, uh, you know, it's safe to say, I think, that he took a, a big-time backseat in August and September when cases surged again. Uh, that was pretty noticeable. I mean, you know, the governor had press conferences. Secretary Norman was nowhere to be seen. The secretary had done media appearances like on the University of Kansas Health System media briefings. Those didn't occur. So th- something was up. I think people kind of were, you know, maybe we couldn't quite put our finger on it maybe, but, but something seemed up. And now we're seeing a rise in cases again. And, you know, much of the senior leadership at KDHE will still be intact, but not everyone. Uh, another top COVID advisor, uh, Marcy Nielsen, who was in the governor's office, is leaving to uh, continue plans that she had before the COVID of moving to Washington. So, Yeah, that, that doesn't seem to be a turmoil within the governor's office part. She's just going to where her family is, I believe, back in the uh, D.C. area. Coast, <laughs> coasty, like me. Um, but, but it does, I mean, it is striking that uh, the top two most public uh, faces of the of the COVID response. Dr. Nielsen did media interviews and media appearances, usually in line with things that the governor's office was promoting. But uh, the two most visible faces of the state's COVID-19 response have moved on, as have, we might add, dozens of local county health department administrators and health officers since the pandemic began. So, this is a, a statewide trend. It is a national trend. Missouri has gone through at least one health secretary over the course of the pandemic. Other states have even gone through multiple. So Kansas is not unique. But some of the tensions, you know, I think will will be worth watching as we enter a new phase of the pandemic. And tension-wise, I, I'd be most curious to know how former Secretary Norman responded to the governor's comments about the federal vaccine mandate sure well can you refresh us on on what those were well president joe biden first announced uh many of his federal vaccine mandates in early september and for months the governor said she wanted to wait until she saw the text of the mandates to take a position on them once that happened in november she said you know what i don't i don't really think federal mandates work and she thinks the state should be leading the pandemic response, not the federal government. Well, didn't she even say she doesn't think vaccine mandates in general are a good idea, kind of leaving it open-ended as to... That was kind of my impression. We weren't at the event that the Associated Press covered. Uh, I think it was a Chamber of Commerce event in the in Kansas Lake Quivira. Yeah, <laughs> it was announced on short notice, and we are not the Lake Quivira Capital Journal. Yes, uh, but but I think it, it 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 was a little open to interpretation. But it did kind of give the impression that she was skeptical of 
of whether I mean, obviously the federal vaccine mandates are a good idea, but you know, it, it was it was kind of messaging that you could imagine if you are a a medical doctor, a public health professional, raised an eyebrow. <laughs> that and, and I mean the the KDHE is it oversees vaccine mandates for school children and states not covid mandates but correct i mean what is it like nine twelve diseases something like that and i i believe it is in statute that state university dormitories have to require i think it's the mmr vaccine Mm -hmm. and it's i mean the guardsmen i mean right there 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 are instances in which People in Kansas have to get the vaccine, not, you know, flu shots, depending on which hospital you work in, if you're a nurse or, or a doctor. Um, it, you know, it, it, it'll it be interesting to kind of see going forward because it, the governor is obviously has political realities that the appointed KDHE secretary does not necessarily. And Secretary Norman was often very aggressive in in messaging that probably disregarded the politics. He would get in dialogues, sometimes some would say even arguments with legislators on Twitter. He would um, you know, he would maybe be a little speak a little more freely in terms of encouraging Kansans to take certain public health measures and and you know there's no value judgment here one way or the other but it it will be interesting to see the the route that the new KDHE secretary who we have not had a public event with yet takes in terms of the tone in terms of you know uh, telling Kansans what what they believe is is must be done to protect their health and the health of others. And what must be done to protect your health is an interesting topic right now as COVID worsens and as the agency prepares to transition from a pandemic response to more of an endemic. Yeah. Well, so sources tell me that we are moving in that direction and it's not going to be an overnight thing. So for, for folks out there who are not uh, public health savvy, as I was not, frankly, before March of 2020, an endemic disease is more like the flu. It is present. It is it is there. I don't want to say it's a fact of life, but it's kind of a fact of life. You know, it is it is not going the way of the dodo bird. It's not being eradicated anytime soon. Right. You know, it it is kind of an admission that we are not hitting herd immunity with vaccines and even if we did hit herd immunity, the 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 virus mutates at such a rate in which we cannot really keep up and and there it will be much again like the flu it'll be there and there will be seasonal fluctuations in terms of cases going up in some points and and so on and so forth and this is going to be a slow move and 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 that the when you're in a pandemic and more acute situation the public health response differs than how we treat say again influenza we do not contact, trace, or in case investigate every influenza case. It's more of a surveillance-based uh, approach. But we do do vaccinations, obviously, for the flu. So, you know, there there will be some pieces that remain the same, some things that look a little different. And it'll be, I think, a slow pivot over, 
you know, the end, well into 2022 as they kind of sort out what they think a a post-pandemic uh, handling of COVID should look like. And for what it's worth, since we are seeing school closures for COVID again, uh, in years past, we've seen school closures due to flu outbreaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good that, context that, for folks. That, to have, that yeah. might be a continuous thing if COVID becomes endemic. Well, and in, in uh, it was it, someone I was talking to, um, Dr. Gianfranco Pizzino, former Shawnee County um, head of the Shawnee County Health Department made a really interesting point to me. He said, you know, we, we kind of bake in, you know, people die of the flu every year across the country. It's usually between 13,000 and 50,000 folks a year, depending on how serious the strain of the flu is. And I think in Kansas pre-pandemic, it was something like 120-ish, 150-ish maybe Kansans every year died, including maybe two to five children. Which isn't a ton, but it, I mean, like that's, it, it shouldn't be downplayed, that number. And but but people have kind of accepted that that is a given. They're comfortable with that, and and you can make make an argument that we shouldn't be, and that maybe we should do more. What in other countries, things like masking is just a social norm. You know, if you're sick, you wear a mask. If you are in public transit, you wear a mask. And, and or mandating the flu vaccine. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there are tons of things we could do, but but Americans have kind of decided they are comfortable with that. The problem is, as we are currently nationally, about I, I think it's between nine hundred and around nine hundred people die of COVID nineteen every day. Although that number fluctuates, obviously, that is a lot more than over a course of a year than thirteen to fifty thousand. Again, not to downplay that number, but that's just orders of magnitude more. What kind of level of, of casualties from COVID-19 are we going to be comfortable with in order to move on to kind of an endemic posture? And I don't I don't have the answer. And I don't know that necessarily the folks at KDHE have the answer next. Yeah. And, and I think if you ask somebody at the KDHE, their answer might differ from what, say, a Republican legislator would believe. Or an everyday Kansan. I mean, I think, you know, it's important to note even people who have been vaccinated have, have definitely changed in, in what they're doing and, and um, you know in terms of comfort and doing certain activities that you did before March of 2020 and, and it's a little bit what what is the public ver- good versus the individual responsibility well now we're just getting into philosophy here <laughs> um, but I think it's important to note, you know, it's experts I talked to, everyone agreed we're not at the point in which you could, you would really want to consider COVID endemic, specifically because of, for many reasons, but specifically because it's still taking a heavy toll on hospitals. And that's even as we see cases increase, right? Yeah, we've seen, I think it's something like four or five weeks in a row now that cases have continually been rising week over week, sorry, week over week. And doctors are starting to see hospitalizations rise, especially in Western Kansas. The pandemic is not over and it's getting worse again. Well, and we should uh, say also this is with the significant unknown of the Omicron variant. Omicron. If you are a Greek 
language expert, you are also invited to come to this podcast. <laughs> if only to tell us how to pronounce each of the variant names. Uh, clearly, Jason and I were not in fraternities. Um, the the new variant uh, word just came out just right before on this Friday afternoon that we're recording this. Missouri just reported a case of the Omicron variant. Uh, Nebraska did last night. Colorado did a couple days ago. It's probably already in Kansas, but it will probably be reported uh, that we have a case, I would think, within the week if if it takes that long. And not to overplay this variant, I mean, I believe it was Dr. Steve Stites at KU who said, don't make it the oh my gosh variant. <laughs> Which is, uh, that's it, cute. That's, yeah, that's b- good. B- because there is a lot we don't know about it. Right. And, and, and we should, I mean, Jason and I are clearly not doctors, um, but it is an example of the fact that we just don't have a handle on this and, and it's hard to have a handle on it. I mean, this variant, from what I've read, it started in Europe. It jumped to South Africa. Officials thought it started in South Africa, but it turned out it didn't. I mean, it just shows that when you are dealing with a global problem, Kansas, as much as we like to think of ourselves in the middle of the country, is connected globally. So it's it's just... A, it's tough yeah. to get a handle on. Which is why vaccination rate here matters and vaccination rate outside of the U.S. That's true. Not to, we're not the chilling in the uh, U.S. development world, <laughs> U.S. development agency podcast, but, uh, you know, it's everything is interconnected in a globalized world. Um, one thing, though, I, I quickly want to mention, because you're working on a story on this, uh, the vaccination rate stubbornly staying where it's at and it seems like folks are running out of ideas on what to do about it yeah since you know start of september the vaccination rate has only jumped a couple percentage points uh if you go by kdhe numbers the percentage of only vaccinated kansans is just under 50 percent if you go by federal numbers it's about 55 percent either way we're nowhere near the herd immunity level, which could be anywhere from 70 to 85%, if not higher. Well, and this is even with vaccinations being rolled out for younger kids. Right. In November, children were first eligible for vaccination. So something like 38,000 Kansas children ages 5 to 11 have gotten a first dose. Most of those probably haven't gotten a second dose yet and haven't had hit the two weeks after that where they would be considered fully vaccinated but when i i was looking at the numbers for november and about more than a third of everybody who got a first dose was in that 5 to 11 age group that's interesting really interesting actually so so kansas adults some are starting to get vaccinated but by and large the unvaccinated are not being convinced to go get that first shot. Well, so we talked earlier, the governor said she doesn't believe the federal mandates are the answer, and those are hung up in court right now. But does are there any new signs, new programs on the way that she has indicated publicly that are coming down? Nothing that I've heard. She answered the question earlier this week with, you know, we're, we're going to keep telling people that vaccines are safe and vaccines are effective and they're free, so you should go get one. Which I, I think most people agree with. Republican legislators also agree with. But 
the government isn't taking steps to enforce vaccinations and there aren't or incentivize many incentive them. Yeah. programs either. It's like the meme with the dog with the coffee in the burning room. It just says, this is fine. This is fine. I, I, I wonder how many doctors feel like they are that dog in a hospital with tons of COVID patients. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I talked with a gentleman out in. Oh God, I'm gonna butcher it. Kearney County. Kearney County. Okay, I'm st- clearly still uh, a, a noob when it comes to pronouncing Kansas geographical features. I, I say Kearney County as a native Southeast Kansan. So, <laughs> if I am wrong, you can let me. Western know. Kansas, let us know how we're doing. Um, and I, you know, it's just a difficult situation. And that's a county that has above average vaccination rate for Western Kansas. So a lot to keep an eye on. Uh, it's not as bad, we should say, in Kansas as it is in a lot of parts of the upper Midwest at the moment. Not as bad as it is in Colorado at the moment. But as we've seen before, there are waves to these things and it's only a matter of time. So stay tuned. This has been a really depressing podcast for people. <laughs> As uh, Dr. Steve Stites at KU said, the uh, best gift you can give somebody this holiday season is to get vaccinated. So Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> uh, happy holidays to everyone. It's true. Go out, enjoy some, I don't know, hot cocoa and holiday lights and I'd say snowball fights, but it was 70 degrees in Kansas this week. So yeah. no. If you're coming to Topeka, go to cjonline.com and read our, not our, but the newspaper's <laughs> story on uh, where to see the best Christmas lights in the capital city. There you go. That'll take your mind off everything else that is going on. And if you want to find our things that we actually did write, uh, not usually about holiday lights, uh, you can go to cjonline.com and follow us on Twitter at cjonline, Facebook, uh, we are there as well, and we're even on Instagram also at cjonline. So we are with the technology at the Capital Journal. And Jason, you are with the technology. Where can folks find you online? I am at Jason underscore Tid T I D D. And do on you have, Twitter? Do you have a TikTok or? I do have a TikTok. I don't. <laughs> I have more puppy videos than uh, work <laughs> videos, but but maybe uh, that will change if we get interviews with uh, a KDHE secretary who wants to be on TikTok. Or a Greek language expert. Um, I am at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. I have a TikTok, but you know, for the life of me, I can't remember what the handle is. So you all are spared that. Um, if you want to follow the podcast... You can go to uh, anywhere fine podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or uh, the aforementioned cjonline.com. We post our podcasts every every time we go on the air. Or, or in a week and a half, you can uh, stake out the press room of the State House and listen to us live and get exclusive <laughs> first dibs. That's true. That's uh, If you do that, props, because that's... That's commitment to the cause. You'll be one of the only people in the state house on a Friday. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, Jason, I think it's I think it's that time. That time to get a booster. 
<laughs> I need to do that. But uh, we appreciate everyone for listening. Jason, appreciate you joining as always. Thanks for having me on our podcast. <laughs> and we will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Have a good one, y'all.